We are excited to announce the launch of an Odyssey into Oratory, from speaker to spellbinder. This new dynamic and interactive speech training program was created specifically for the changing world we find ourselves in. In a business career spanning 40 years, from bagging groceries all the way to the executive suite, Dan has attended and delivered several hundred presentations and speeches. Throughout his odyssey, he has completed several prestigious executive speech programs. He is a four-time graduate of the Dale Carnegie course and a decades-long Toastmaster. But most of all, he is a lifetime student of the great orators, past and present. In combining his years of experience, study, and training, he has distilled and synthesized these lessons to create an online seven-week training course. While this course can benefit anyone looking to acquire or improve their public speaking skills, it was designed specifically for those working in a corporate or entrepreneurial environment. With his vast experience in the marketplace, Dan students will receive insights and communication strategies that are not offered in the traditional speech training program. It is an integrated course in that it includes many other components of personal development that will transform good speakers into spellbinders. For more information on how to enroll in Dan's course, From Speaker to Spellbinder, contact us at anodysseyintooratory at gmail.com. Additionally, you can find Dan's blog at spiritualsideofsuccess.blog. Greetings and welcome to An Odyssey Into Oratory. I'm your host, Dan Riley. If you believe California is called the Golden State because of its 284 days of sunshine each year, you would be mistaken. This great state, the one in which I reside, acquired the moniker because golden poppies can be seen each spring all throughout the state. But more than that, because California has produced, by far, more gold than any other state in our union. Just the other day, I played golf only six miles from where gold was first discovered in what was then the Mexican territory of Alta, California. Francisco Lopez in 1842, just a few years prior to the start of the feverish gold rush, found nuggets in a creek bank just above what is now called Placerita Canyon in Newhall, California. Mr. Lopez opted not to stick around to join the 49ers in 1849. The instability resulting from the Bear Flag Revolt sent him south to safer ground in Mexico proper. The gold mining we'll talk about today, however, happened in the Centennial State, the Rocky Mountain State, or sometimes just called the Colorful State, Colorado. R.U. Darby and his uncle from Williamsburg, Maryland, at the height of the gold rush, caught the fever and headed west. They arrived in a land which would soon become Colorado. After a few short weeks, their labor was rewarded. They struck ores of gold. They, however, didn't possess the required heavy machinery to extricate the gold. So they covered their tracks to prevent other prospectors from claiming their strike and headed back to Maryland to raise money for the necessary machinery. Through friends and relatives, they raised ample money and immediately headed back to their gold. With their new equipment, the first car of ore was mined and shipped to the smelter. They were in the money now. Machinery debts were paid. All future cars of gold would be pure profit. As the drills went down, the Darby's hopes rose sky high. Life was good. Then suddenly something happened. The gold vein disappeared. 
They drilled and they drilled and they drilled, desperately trying to pick up the vein again, to no avail. Now despondent and panicked, Darby was done. He quit his search for gold. He found a junk man to buy the heavy machinery for a fraction of what it was worth, and Darby went home. The junk man, knowing nothing about gold mining, hired an expert to determine how the vein trail had got lost. The engineer figured the Darbys were not familiar with fault lines. His calculations showed the gold vein was just three feet from where the Darbys had stopped drilling. Sure enough, that's exactly where the vein was picked up. The junk man took millions of dollars of gold out of what was once Darby's mine. Darby was only three feet from gold before quitting his search. This story was first recounted in a book I mentioned during a previous podcast, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, family in Sarasota, Florida. He fell in love with golf as a child. The only career dream he has ever had is to be a tour player. Unlike many of the team sports, golf is an expensive dream to pursue. Personal coaches, access to practice facilities, entry fees for tournaments with little prize money all serve to dash the dreams of most blue-collar kids. Not for the Vasakis. The entire family supported Michael in his pursuit of his dream. They would make many sacrifices, including skipping meals to meet entry fee requirements for tournaments. While Michael was the one to qualify for a spot among the elite golfers, it was a family victory to be sure, as every person who's seen the video clip can attest. Yes, Michael Vasaki kept digging while literally hundreds of young people similarly situated abandoned the dream to assume endeavors with a better success rate. Oh, that's not to say that all would-be professional golfers will someday make it if they only persevere. Not at all. Few possess the necessary skill level. For others, it's just a flight of fancy. And for most, it's a requisite part of their personal journey. They were never going to make the tour. But the experience was vital part of their life, an indispensable part of their path forward. Many of motivational speakers and the makers of posters get the first and most obvious moral to Darby's gold story. Hey, don't give up. Go the extra mile. The darkest hours right before the dawn. Winners never quit. Quitters never win. Okay, first lesson noted. But there are many more nuggets to Darby's odyssey. R.U. Darby went on to be one of the country's most successful life insurance salesmen. He made many more millions selling insurance than what that gold was worth. In his mind, quitting the search three feet from gold was the defining incident in his life. It was the impetus for developing his character and forging in him a steely perseverance which became his signature business value. His forte in selling insurance was that with almost every policy sold, the initial answer was no. He went on to write protocols to be used for many years in the insurance industry on how no doesn't mean no. The reason Think and Grow Rich is still in publication today and the R.U. Darby's gold story still resonates is because its lessons went beyond perseverance. Darby illustrated the wisdom of a higher strain, learning from a setback and investing that lesson in the future. Darby's ordeal also serves to remind us of how vitally important it is to stay present as we pursue our goals and dreams. Not to get so obsessed in finding gold that we shut out all the other dimensions to life. Not only to learn the lessons, but to savor the very act of living. 
kids are always more excited during the days leading up to Christmas than once the presents are opened on Christmas Day. In retrospect, we realize we were more alive and vibrant while pursuing goals and dreams than we are once they're achieved. Cervantes knew this when he wrote, The road is better than the inn. As for Michael Visaki, he may go on to play many more tour events over the next several years, or he may have just played his first, his last, and his only. Could it be that since his story has now inspired the sports world, like Darby, it's now time for to stop digging? Was that video the contribution he was meant to make for all those years of toil on the mini-tour? More often than not, life's path is not linear. It's not logical. Ultimately, we still live within a vast mystery. The obvious question here is, how do you know when it's time to give up on a pursuit or to carry on? Visaki gave us the answer. In the many interviews he's done since the video, he was quoted as saying, I knew I had the game to compete out there. I never once thought about quitting. He listened to that still small voice. He never once thought about quitting. Within each of us is that same still small voice. With all our roles, goals, labors, and aspirations, if we take some time to tune out all the noisy confusion of modern life, especially social media, that still small voice will answer our most pressing questions. So inspiring was Visaki's video that it garnered the attention of the number two ranked golfer in the world, Justin Thomas. He made a point to seek out Visaki at his first tour event to congratulate him. And so moved was he by Visaki's story, Thomas made a financial contribution to help keep his dream alive. And if stories like Darby's or Visaki's give you pause, give them their due. It may lead you to your own vein of gold. That still small voice had you pay attention for a reason. For my part, that's all there is. This is Dan Riley taking you on an odyssey into oratory. Until next time, throw off those bowlines, sail away from the safe harbor, catch the trade winds, run the move now.